Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello, welcome to It Could Happen Here. Yes, this is what I sound like today. This is Shireen. Just go with it. If you listen to the sheep episode, I sounded much worse. So this is, I sound great today, IMO. But um, yeah, thank you for listening today. I'm excited to talk about what I want to talk about for the next two days because it's something that I've always wanted to kind of just like open up as more of a conversation. And I'm so grateful to have... Uh, author and amazing person. They've just written a book called To the Ghosts Who Are Still Living, and it's out now. You can go get it. Uh, Ami Weintraub, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you too. There's a particular reason why I asked you to come on the show. I specifically wanted to talk to a Jewish anti-Zionist. So I want to approach the conversation as if people are really unfamiliar with Zionism because I think most people are. Can you maybe just start by telling me like, what is Zionism? Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. And I said to Shireen before as well, like I am not particularly like an expert on Zionism or Israel, Palestine. Um, So also just want to recommend that listeners also go out and find the experts, find the materials that you're interested in if this conversation sparks your interest. Um, yeah. And take my my thoughts as just one thought in the mix of all the thoughts. Um, so yeah, when I was thinking about like defining Zionism, I was thinking about sort of like the origins of Zionism and like how did we even get to that place. Yeah. Um, and Zionism for me reflects... Um, and I think is like this 
political desire to have a Jewish state. And to have that Jewish state like on the land of Israel is how um, is how Zionism has materialized in its formation. And prior to like the actual political movement of Zionism, there has been like a connection of the Jewish people to that specific land. Um, it just hadn't materialized into like an actual movement to establish a state on that land. Mm -hmm. um, so there's like, there's been like a yearning and like a memory and like a collective sense of um, connection to like Jerusalem, to that piece of land. Um, but it was only in like the 1800s when there was nation state building occurring in general in um, Europe specifically, in Eastern Europe, that the movement for Zionism started to develop in the form that we have today. Um, and a lot of that was because one reason like Jews were seeing, oh, wow, like German people are creating a state or French people are creating a state. Like we are a people, we should have a state. Um, and at the same time, Jews were also being excluded from citizenship in a lot of the actual like newly formed countries that they were living in. Um, so there was like this dispossession also from place where they were and matched with a general like rise in anti-Semitism as well. Mm -hmm. So I think all of those things kind of crystallized into creating a po actual political movement around that kind of nascent, like more like religious, spiritual yearning. Yeah. Um, and then that formed into like, many different types of Zionism, like more militaristic Zionism, more socialist Zionism, religious Zionism, et cetera. Um, and that's all kind of, yeah, made its way to become Israel. Yeah. Palestine. Yeah. How, how would you differentiate all of those, like the cultural versus religious versus political? Like how would you personally differentiate them? I know you're not an expert, but just like speaking yeah. from experience. Yeah, I have to think on that. It's complicated, I would say. Because it feels like to me, from just reading about the history of Zionism, mm -hmm. it, it did kind of start in a religious like origin, but it became more political. Am I reading that right? Or mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think like, yeah, that's what can be pretty confusing, I think, about understanding like Zionism in general is just like, where did this even come from? Like how did yeah. these like especially Zionism, like, originating more from, like, Ashkenazi, like, European Jews. Yeah. How did this even come to be? And seeing it as something that, like, the longing and the connection to the land being part of Jewish culture and religion, but that only turning into a desire for a nation state, like, at that certain moment. Yeah. Um, so the, like, different categories of, like, religious Zionism versus political versus militaristic versus socialist were kind of like the ways that Zionism was, there was like different movements of Zionism in in Europe and Eastern Europe at the time of its origins. So it's kind of like referring to more of its historical relationship. And then that still influences the politics today in contemporary, um, like I'll just say state of Israel and also many like Israel-Palestine, but speaking about Zionism, that feels more relevant. Um, so you still have like socialist Zionists who are 
more on the left, then you have like more like right wing religious Zionists who have probably have more historical origins in like more militaristic Zionism um, and religious Zionists who maybe are like, we are here for the religious reasons of being Jews on this land versus like a socialist Zionist, like their framework was more like, we want to create this more socialist utopia sort of vision um, versus a more political militaristic Zionist. Their original vision was like, we want to dominate this land right. and have right. yeah. political power. Yeah, um, it feels like in recent times, it's kind of leaned more in that direction only because of, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, the state of the world. But when, yeah. you look up, <laughs> when you look up Zionism, it's defined. I'm just going to read what I found and please interrupt me if you're like, actually, no. Um, yeah, go for it. <laughs> when you look up Zionism, it's defined as an organized nationalist movement generally considered to have been founded by Theodore Herzl in 1897. However, the history of Zionism began earlier and is intertwined with the Jewish history and Judaism as a whole. The organizations of, I'm going to probably mispronounce this, but Hovave Zion, the lovers of Zion. How would you say, I don't know how you... Hovave Zion? Yeah. 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 This organization was held as like the forerunner of the modern Zionist ideals, and they were responsible for 20 Jewish towns in Palestine between 1870 and 1897. This is from just online history. And at the core of the Zionist ideology was this traditional aspiration for a Jewish national home through the reestablishment of Jewish sovereignty in Palestine. And this was to be facilitated by the Jewish uh, diaspora. Uh, Herzl apparently sought an independent Jewish state, usually defined as a secular state with a Jewish majority population. And he wrote a 1896 pamphlet to describe exactly what he wanted. Uh, And though he did not live to witness it, Israel was established. Uh, And so what he wanted did come to fruition, even though, in my opinion, it was not done in a just way. Uh, (laughs) But um, that's history for you. But yeah, I think the actual core of it is really understandable and and true, you know? Like, of course, every marginalized community wants a safe haven and a place where they can all go to. I think my biggest, what, what I what I really dislike about the, what, where it is now, where Zionism is now, is just how much it erases everyone else that's already there. It's, it's almost as if Palestine was like an empty field, totally. you know? Yeah. And uh, I think... A lot of Zionists today kind of erase that history and erase that, like, they massacred hundreds of people and they uh, displaced over 750,000 people. It's called the Nakba. It's called the catastrophe. That's what Palestinians refer to it as. And I feel like Zionists tend to not, I mean, from what I understand, it's as if that isn't, like, real history. And Mm -hmm. from what I've read or, like, from what I've heard from people that have grown up in Israel, the history that they learn is also a little bit selective in what they learn. But, um, but yeah, that's, I've just been, I've been reading a lot about Zionism for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but it's nice to have someone actually like with experience in it because I could only learn so much from the internet and from like secondhand stuff. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like that, like, like when we look at like the early Zionists and it's like, oh yeah, like these desires to like have sovereignty and have yeah. autonomy and agency for your people who are being marginalized in your country, like, or in these lands that they live reasonable, like that totally makes yeah. sense. And that, and that it has to, like you said, be also seen through the lens of like the actual history that occurred, which is materially trying to like build a nation state as like part of your people's liberation is going to involve lots of oppression and violence. Um, and that's kind of where I ended up like, um, yeah, like understanding the history of Zionism, like being able to have empathy for that original um, message. And then just really being like, that's what led me into like anarchism ultimately was saying that this desire for a nation state to be like a liberatory project um, is kind of always going to be flawed in a way. So actually like, I don't know, kind of said like, you know, Jewish like agency, sovereignty and like liberation, like we actually deserve better than that. You know, we deserve to not actually be like um, held within the confines of like what is possible in a nation state mm -hmm. um, as I think like all people deserve. Yeah, totally. Um, so that's kind of how I've come to this point now. No, I, and I really want to talk to you more about how you've landed where you are with your beliefs. But yeah, I think what also gets forgotten is that pre-1948, there were Jewish people in Palestine, you know, and, and Christian people. Everyone got yeah, along. Uh, totally. I'm from Syria, but even in Syria, everyone, like in all, in most Middle Eastern countries, there was a mix of all these religions and they all yeah. got along. And I think that's what really angers me when it comes to like, basically like the news saying it's like this ancient religious conflict, because that's mm -hmm. just simply not true. And I think that's a huge defense that a lot of like militant Zionists have, where it's like this eternal cultural religious war and it's simply just false. I think mm -hmm. that's something that always bothers me. Um, I just want to give a little bit more history just to bring us to like current day. Just, I think it's, this stuff is a little bit interesting. So in 1975, the UN General Assembly, they passed Resolution 3379, which designated Zionism as a form of racism and racial discrimination. However, this resolution was repealed in 1991 by replacing Resolution 3379 with Resolution 46-86. And this new resolution... It was adopted on December 16th in 1991. It revoked the determination in the previous Resolution 3379 determining Zionism as racist. And Israel had made re this revocation of this resolution a condition of its participation in the Madrid Peace Conference, um, which was a conference that was held at the end of 1991. And uh, it was also raised under pressure of the administration of uh, President Bush uh Papa. <laughs> I just find that funny. No, H.W. Bush. I'm sorry. This is not funny stuff. I just, this is how <laughs> I cope. Um, but basically the revocation was simply this one sentence. The General Assembly decides to revoke the determination contained in its resolution 3379 of 10th of December 1975. And this motion was supported by 111 nations, including the 90 nations who had sponsored it in the first place, 
and it was opposed by 25 nations and abstained by 13 nations. And I just thought that was incredibly fascinating. It also just like illustrates the power that Israel has always kind of like held like as, a, as, as far as like a political state in like world affairs. And if you've listened to my previous episodes, then you know that at the current state in time and, and like for decades leading up to this, the government in Israel is extremely far right and Zionist to the point where it's extremely racist and they've built an apartheid state based around their Zionism. Basically, Zionist values serve as the ideological foundation of Israel. I think that's kind of a big part of why Israel was created in the first place, was this hope for for a place where everyone was safe. Obviously, they kind of became twisted and they went about it in a terrible way. Um, But I do understand what you mean also by having empathy for the original feeling of it, because... I feel the same. I think every marginalized community wants what the original idea of Zionism had. I think Zionist today is defined so differently. And I think right. that's really unfortunate because it didn't have to become a racist ideology, but it did. I've been rambling too much and we're going to take our first break. When we come <laughs> back, I want to talk to you about you. So BRB. <laughs> Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. Now, this is a show for the Nosabo kids, the the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. If you ever felt like you were always too much this while also never being enough that, this is the podcast for you. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more via my own personal stories, along with interviews with inspiring thought leaders from our community. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community that you need to know. So much of what makes our community so beautiful is our diversity, yet too often those of us who don't fit into this dumb 
some stereotypical box of whatever it means to be Latino are left without a voice or just forgotten about. On this show, I celebrate the uniqueness of our culture and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and we're back. Ami, take it away. What you, you had a response for the the thing I said about how Zionist values they serve as the ideological foundation of Israel. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I try to like make a point of kind of as like a Jewish anarchist, specifically like what I was saying prior, is that that's again like kind of just the inevitable, well, in my mind, like the inevitable outcome of like a state is that there is going to be some amount of like division of population, like oppression of a certain class of people or certain group of people, a consolidation of power in the hands of a few. Mm -hmm. So again, for me, like that's where this, like the original idea of like, let's have a place where Jews can have like safety and sovereignty and cultural like flourishing, like, attaching that to a state was like kind of always bound to fail but not inherent like not exactly like you say like not necessarily because that desire is like a wrong desire yeah and then when we pile in kind of like like other people's interests in terms of like the west having like an interest in having like israel being like a friendly like i consider it like a proxy state for the west like in the middle east where um they can you know like we've seen like send their police officers to be trained mm-hmm. in these ways but also the west is benefiting from that yeah. exchange they have a little hold in the middle east like they always wanted to exactly so their interest is to like maintain israel like as something that they can have influence in and have this kind of control over and like to make it creepier like the christian um like evangelical Zionism, like Christian Zionism is also like a huge influence in the U.S. There was just a really interesting documentary, I can't remember the name now, but that was released like a year or two ago about this. And Christian Zionists actually make up like a larger lobbying body than like Jewish Zionists in the U.S. That's just because, so backwards. Yeah, because they, there's just so many more um, yeah. evangelicals and their interest in the state of Israel is that Jews will return there and then the rapture will happen. Wait, and- can you, yeah, I actually want to talk to you about this because I, I 100% think you know more about this than I do because I do, I have heard that there are a lot of evangelical uh, Christians that are huge supporters of Zionism. Yeah. One, can you speak to like, if you know how that even, like where that, uh, I don't know, not solid. I guess like solidarity with Zionism came about mm. and also uh, what they believe, like the whole rapture thing, please. I would love to know yeah. more. Um, yeah. And I, again, like I highly recommend people like watch whatever this documentary is, just Google like Christian Zionism because I've mostly learned from that and from my own like internet wormholes. Um, I've just looked it up and I think it's Till Kingdom Come uh, 2020 film, right? Yeah. Cool. And so... What I understand is there is this like somewhere in the Christian world, but like it has roots, at least in the evangelical world right now, this idea in the rapture 
which I don't know that much about, but apparently the rapture will involve Jews returning to the land of Israel and Jesus returning and right. killing all of the Jews. Oh my God. Yeah. That's why they support Zionism? <laughs> that is why they support Zionism. Um, so that is they fucked want, up. Yeah. So they want Jews to go back to the land, the state of Israel, in order for them to ultimately like be killed and go to hell. Be all in one place and be conveniently killed. Yeah. And so that and that is one of the major lobbying arms. Like when we're oh. talking about like the US like sending money to um to Israel and like I just saw recently like like most of the Republicans are like supporting um this yeah, the aid going to Israel and it's like why are they doing that when generally they don't really support Jews? You know, <laughs> like yeah. Republicans are not like BFFs with Jews. No, like, they don't really. I mean, inherently that way of seeing Zionism is 100% racist. Like it's yeah. <laughs> like people are or not, not even just that anti-Semitic, you know, how it's people, anti-Semitic, yeah. it, it, that's really the, the defense a lot of the time when you have like a Palestinian politician talk about Israel or anything, not even Zionism, they just mention Israel and, and they mm-hmm. get labeled anti-Semitic. But that is 100% anti-Semitic. It's actually anti-Semitic. Like, (laughs) that is... Wow. And it's like, it doesn't get noticed because, like, I feel like so much that, like, white Christians do in this country just, like, gets very overlooked as, like, something that actually has... um, Something that's actually worth, like, noticing and something that's actually worth, like, critiquing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. so I, in trying to understand, like, how did we get to this place? Like, how did we get to this point where, like, yeah, Israel is being supported and doing what it is doing right now to Palestinians. It has moved, in my opinion, so far away from, like, an actual, like, vision of, like, Jewish liberation. Yeah. And then you look at, like, who's actually really supporting this project right now. And it's people who actually just want us to die. Mm-hmm. It becomes very convoluted and... It, again, motivates my anti-Zionism in a lot of ways, too. Yeah. Can you, you can tell me as little and as many details as you want, but how did you come to identify as an anti-Zionist? How did you become, how did you embrace that that definition for yourself? I guess there's a lot of, like, aspects to that answer. One thing is, like, I do really care about, like, Jewish people being safe and Jewish people having our culture, like, Jewish people be able to express our culture and be able to express who we are. And I think, yeah, like being two or three generations from like the Holocaust and just like feeling like the intensity of that loss of life and land and place has just like given me that feeling of like, this is really important. And then also like living at a time right now in the US where like anti-Semitism is violent and I've experienced that violence and it is like a threat to like my sense of safety and my ability to express my culture. I've just been like very obsessed with like what does actually achieving those goals look like. Yeah. And when I look at the state of Israel and I see all 18 year olds are conscripted into the army, which is like literally like my great grandfather left Russia because he didn't want to be conscripted into the Russian army. And a lot of Jews, Ashkenazi Jews in the US like have that story. Like that's not liberation. Yeah. <laughs> When I see that, like, a lot of Jews in Israel have the choice of either being, like, very secular or being extremely religious, when even 
like a lot of more diverse um like Jewish cultures have been assimilated into like this one monolithic culture languages have been lost like practices have been lost like that's not like our culture being able to flourish and also the violence done to Palestinians like in the name of the state in the name of this liberation like nothing nothing is worth that violence ever so all of those things have kind of coalesced into my Jewish anarchism of also analyzing that through the state apparatus itself and being like oh yeah states will do this (laughs) we need to think more creatively we need to think in a way that builds actual solidarity between Jewish community and Palestinian community and other marginalized people and all of that has kind of just coalesced into yeah Jewish anti-Zionism like just making sense on all of those levels yeah no I I, thank you for saying all of that I it's true I think nothing is worth all that violence and also Mm -hmm. I think, unfortunately, like when you have any kind of desire, no matter how pure it is, because I think the the basis of Zionism has a pure desire of Mm -hmm. safety and uh, sovereignty. But when you have a desire and you add politics to it or you add, I don't know, any kind of like country war, anything, when you add like modern day limitations and, and structures, that's when it becomes something else it devolves into something that it really shouldn't be like i think what disturbs me the most um is how many young people are like rallying in the streets like a lot of like far-right uh groups in israel will be like death to all arabs or like they'll say the most heinous things as well as do the most heinous things but Mm -hmm. i think it's unfortunate because i think even they kind of lost what Zionism was supposed to be about. It's not supposed yeah. to be about being only there, just you and killing everybody else or or, yeah. or seeing someone else as second as second citizens or anything. But no, I yeah, thank you for saying yeah. all of that. The the army thing is a really good thing to bring up as well, just because Palestine has no army. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit silly to demand everyone even join the army for this fake uh, imaginary bad guy. Not that there is not there. There's definitely uh, terrorist like activity on yeah. both sides. I would say, but definitely. the vast majority is like this imaginary big bad wolf that does not exist and is like powered by U.S. and Western media. Totally, and that's where I start to think like I don't know if this is like conspiracy or if this is real, but I start to think like who is this actually serving? Yeah. You know, like who is it serving to like literally, yeah, put young people into a war every and every generation that comes through this country um and like is it mostly serving like u.s and other like western interests to be able to yeah have that land be their proxy state Mm -hmm. um and i don't have enough research to like back that claim up in a way that i would like to that's that's like my next like research yeah wormhole is to try and yeah just understand like that dynamic because I think something else that I have a lot of questions about too and like the formation of the state of Israel is like yeah understanding that like England did or like I don't know Great Britain England I think England they they were the ones who like partitioned that land and like they were the ones who ultimately signed it over yeah the British are responsible for 99% (laughs) of the atrocities of the world no no thank you no 
and sometimes like forgetting that part of the story kind of almost like contributes to this kind of like anti-semitic rhetoric of like oh the jews are this like all-powerful people who were just able to conquer this land on their own it's like a conspiracy theory fuel yeah when it's like no like actually like the jews at that time did not have like global power in that way like england britain was like here you go here's this land in the same way that they did to like so much of the other yeah. Um, colonized places in that world, in in the world. Um, yeah, I mean, the British are responsible for every bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> and like, for me, like that bigger lens feels harder to talk about sometimes right. because I also like am also holding that like Jewish American support for the state of Israel, like fuels also the atrocities happening against Palestinians, yeah. Jewish support for the IDF in Israel, et cetera, like obviously are responsible. And like, I worry that if we don't look at these broader influences that we're not actually going to understand like how to systemically stop this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You have to understand how you got somewhere to like determine how to get out of where you are. Right. Totally. Yeah. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. Now, this is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. If you ever felt like you were always too much this while also never being enough that, this is the podcast for you. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more via my own personal stories, along with interviews with inspiring thought leaders from our community. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community that you need to know. So much of what makes our community so beautiful is our diversity, yet too often those of us who don't fit into this dumb, stereotypical box of whatever it means to be Latino are left without a voice or just forgotten about. On this show, I celebrate the uniqueness of our culture 
culture and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Not to be too morbid or like to make this connection, but like Britain yeah. doing that is almost what the evangelical Christians want to do. Right? Yeah, just like, oh, yeah, exactly. all you guys, stay here. Let's just shove them on this place that we don't really care about. And here you go. Like, it doesn't even feel totally. like genuine support. You know what I mean? Like, I think mm-hmm. in an alternate universe, Jewish people were welcomed into nations. And mm-hmm. Britain was, like, opening their doors to immigrants. I think that is a much more um, kind notion in my opinion but what i do understand the desire to do otherwise but it is interesting to connect those two now that we've talked about both of them and how similar that is and on that too like like the most uh, like disturbing like thing that i've figured out in a while in relation to like this origin history of zionism um so like in the beginning of like the nazi power in Germany, in Germany specifically, before they wanted to like kill the Jews, they just wanted the Jews to leave. So they were like, go, just go. Mm-hmm. And I saw this, I was in Berlin last summer and I saw this um, picture of Nazis creating like a travel agency, isn't the right word, but like a travel depot that was specifically said like, go to Palestine oh, and was like directing Jews to go to Palestine. So, like, in that context, like, the state of Israel then has, like, a totally different, like, um, frame of Like, being, origin story, almost. Yeah, of being the place where, like, the world could send their Jews. Yeah. When they didn't want them in their home countries. And, and for me, that's also, like, a place that I've really fixated on is, like, wait, 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 you can't just, like say you're in solidarity with Jews because you created this country and we all have to go there. Like you actually have to stop being anti-Semitic, you know, you right. actually have yeah, to like, that, you should work on that first. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Like let us like live in your countries and be safe. And, and it relates back to the evangelicals too. Right. It's like, they're all about like being Christian Zionist and like supporting Israel, but they're also like very anti-Semitic in this country. So it's like, it feels like a similar sort of dynamic of like, yeah, yeah, we support you because we want you to go there. We want you to leave this country and go there. And we're not going to actually make it better for you in the place where you want to be, which is your family's home here, you know? So like, that's another frame that I've been working in, which makes me just kind of have a bigger question of like global responsibility for what's happening in Israel-Palestine right now. Um and how does like this global resistance to actually addressing anti-Semitism like play into the continued um, violence against Palestinians? Yeah. And just to be clear, being an anti-Zionist is not anti-Semitic. However, it is important to remember that just because someone is an anti-Zionist doesn't mean they're not anti-Semitic. It's an important reminder for those engaging in anti-Zionist organizing to also be doing work around anti-Semitism, both internally and the world at large, because both solidarity with Palestinians, as well as ensuring that we're interrogating the anti-Semitism in our lives and the world, 
is vitally important in this moment. No, I I was trying to divide these two episodes up. You already know this, I've told you, but just for the audience, like I wanted to this first episode to be a little bit more about the history and about how we got here. And tomorrow's episode, you'll hear about what I really want to talk to you about. It's like your work in ancestral healing and how that's a huge part of your work. And also the community that you've built in certain organizations. Uh, I think that is so critical when it comes to anti-Zionism or having solidarity with Palestinians, because that's, that's what you need to even make change happen. Right. So on that note, uh, I'm going to wrap it up here for now. Uh, Ami, can you plug, like, if people want to know more about you and your work, where they can find you? Yeah, so, um, again, I'm Ami Weintraub, and I just came out with this book, To the Ghosts Who Are Still Living. You can buy it through my publisher, Strangers in a Tangled Wilderness, um, or you can also look up my website, amiweintraub.com, and the book touches on, like, not Zionism specifically, but kind of the themes of, like, place and land and um, where do Jews belong in the world. Yeah. And uh, their website also has a list of their other works, which I highly recommend you seek out. I think voices like Ami's, like yours, are really important when it comes to talking about, I don't know, changing the world for the better in general, not even about anti-Zionism, but like even just trying to assess something in a more critical way, in a more personal way, even thinking about it being ancestral healing, I think is is so critical. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow for you guys. I'll, I'll, I'm going to keep talking to them right now for me. But, um, but yeah, tune in tomorrow for a continuation of this lovely conversation. Bye. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. This is a show for the Nosabo kids, the the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more. Then every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community. Listen to Life as a Gringo on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.